0: Oh, hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Real Talk Podcast with your host, Coach T. I am beyond fired up to be here today hosting with a wonderful kick-ass guest and friend that I met through the wonderful world of Instagram. His name is Gerald Hamilton. He is a donut connoisseur, a dad dog of three, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt athlete, and also an online badass coach. Without further ado, I would like to let you guys know that today we're talking about getting your mind right, getting your body right, and then going to save the fucking world. I hope you're ready. Keep listening. We're just getting the party started. And we're live. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me um, on the Real Talk podcast. I'm super excited to have you. I am more excited that it's the first episode and that it's you that I get to (laughs) speak to. You have no fucking idea. I've been so stoked ever since we had our conversation a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, we're fucking doing it. And he's the man and the first person that's going to be on this motherfucking podcast. So here we are.
1: I love it. I appreciate it, and I'm. I'm. Props for you actually doing it. I tell a lot of people like who are asking for advice on stuff like here's the blueprint, and they just don't do shit. So like the fact that you're like doing it and throwing yourself into the gauntlet, that's that's awesome. So
0: it's great. It's so great. So I read something that you had posted um, a while back, and it reads: get your mind right, get your body right, and then go save the fucking world. And I read that, and I was like. Amen. Can we talk about <laughs>
1: that today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So, that's my little thing I do for me where it's it's basically I have a very specific morning routine that's like it's super chill and basic, but my thing is uh, for me personally, I I have to get my mind right, body right, then I actually then I can go do what I call save the world where when it comes to all of this stuff, especially people who are let's say someone's naturally a people pleaser, someone who just wants to help other people or whatever you are worthless unless you take care of you right it's like the old adage of like when you're on a plane you put your mask on then your kids on or you can't you can't pour from from an empty cup all these things well from a societal conditioning standpoint it's like we're programmed to put ourselves on the back burner like being selfish is bad and all these things but it's like most people are operating at 10% 10% capacity trying to save their world, like do things for their kids, their partner, their business, their job, whatever, but they're on like 10%. So it's terrible versus if you just take some time and fill your cup first, get you good first. Now you can take that to everyone else. And it's like, you know, hundred percent is always better than 10% but it's that concept of you cannot pour from from an empty cup but most people don't take this time to get their shit in check first get their themselves their state their energy their mind their body right to now go forth and do cool shit with whatever that looks like for you um, for me I'm naturally like if I have left to my own devices I am naturally a very reactive person and I like wake up and like get into the putting out fires and get and go right into like helping others so that's why part of my my biggest old program was mentally was I have to put myself first I have to get my shit check in check first so that's why my personal adage for me and then I teach from it is I get my, the start of my day I get my mind right then I do my own inner work, like a, like meditate journal, that kind of stuff, get my state in check, um, get my body right. Then like, usually I'll either get my workout in or move or whatever that looks like. And then now, once I'm good here, now I can go save the world. Now I can go do whatever, build my business, help people be there for my wife, whatever.
0: I love that. And I think that you sharing that I, I live very similarly to you, but I think working with people there's a huge sense of guilt wrapped around the concept of it's okay to take care of me before taking care of the rest of the world. My kids, my husband, my friend, yeah. there's like a huge, huge amount of guilt where you even said, like, it's selfish. It's not selfish. It's, mm-hmm. it's the complete. No, office, no, no.
1: Well, no, here's right? the thing though. It, it is selfish, but it's not a bad thing. This is the issue. There are so many things in this life that are neutral, but we put a negative meaning to, right. Okay. Ed Milet, uh, one of my hero says it best where he, he says um it's not the events in life that happen to it's not the events that happen to our life that defines us it's the meanings we take away from them so like being selfish is not i mean brushing your teeth is selfish but we all pride ourselves on our <laughs> oil hygiene right like that that's the nature of it selfish is is just a is what would that be considered a verb like it's just something that you're doing but it's not, it's like eating. Well, you can eat in bad context or good context. You can use credit cards, good or bad. You can use guns for good or evil. There's like, but the the verb is, is neutral, right? Actually, like, like literally there's a pocket knife sitting on my desk. This pocket knife is not negative or positive. I can like cut rope and, you know, do like, like if I was in a car accident, I could cut my seatbelt off or I could go stab my neighbor in the face where like the knife doesn't care. The knife is neutral. Selfish is the same thing. Selfish is neutral. It's what we're doing with that because I'm of the biggest believer. And this took a long time to get here was you, you cannot be selfless until you are selfish. You can, it, it, it's otherwise you're, you, you're burned out. Like, I mean, think about like a, think about like a car that has been, that's drove, let's say eight hours with the foot in the engine, no gas, no fluids, bald tires, unaligned, overheated. You're telling me you're going to put your family in that car and go travel across the U S of course not. You want to, what do we do before every trip? We go, well, let's get the oil changed. Let's get it aligned. Let's check the brake pads. Let's get the vehicle in check before I put my family and friends in it. But when it comes to ourselves, we're like, Oh, it's fine. I'll take care of me later. I'll take care of my mental health later. But when we keep delaying this for the purpose of fitness, money, family, others, well, it's, you end up getting fucked because it's just, if you, if that's now, that's a standard that you have, that's really shitty. Oh, I'll, I'll figure it out later. And then later never comes. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And then it goes to like, where are you on your own priority list? Right. Are you at the bottom of your priorities? Are you even on the list? Are you completely just pushing yourself out of your own life and just putting everything else in front? Cause that's how you've been coping and dealing with things. And then is that serving you? Is that fucking helping right. you to create the lifestyle that you want? You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's This is why most people like, it, we've been like, it's a conditioning thing where it's like, it's, it's selfish. It's a negative thing. No, you should not. You should put your kids above everything else. It's like, well, guess what? Your kids can't, you can't be there for your kids if you're not taken care of. Your kids are modeling your behavior. So if you're fucked, they're automatically fucked. You know what I mean? You're half of your relationship. So if you're not good, the relationship's not going to be good. I had a dude on my Q&A ask, they said, the the person said, uh, it was an Instagram Q&A thing. It was like an ask me anything kind of thing. And they were like, hey, my home life in marriage is a wreck and my kids are a wreck. What can I do? And I go get you good because you're the one common denominator amongst all of it, you know.
0: So when it comes to, I love that you talked about like morning Sheen and how you set your mind up before you go do all the things. Um, what is your like go-to? Like what does a morning, typical morning look like for you?
1: So for me, um, I used to think, I used to try to do the whole like crazy bullshit. And this is the issue. It's like, we see this with like fat loss. People want to like make things crazy complicated and make this big, long plan. It's like, they've been obese their whole life and never moved. So they're tracking calories, counting macros, carb cycling, Zumba, five days a week of training, hit, uh, fucking CrossFit, and then they take up a yoga class. It's like, cool. Calm the fuck
0: down. Calm right, right. The fuck down. So
1: what I used to do is I would never, uh, like coming from always sleeping in, never having a routine, always being reactive. I made the mistake years ago and I'm like, I'm going to get up at 430 every morning, have like an hour of meditating, an hour workout, an hour of business planning. And it's like, come on, bro, like <laughs> you're not going to do shit. Um, and it's it's the same kind of thing where my I believe everyone needs a level of minimalism around this stuff, especially like if once you get really Uh, consistent with it, of course you can ramp things up, but for the most, most of the time, it needs to be simple, scalable, and doable. So for me, my, my morning routine is set up is pretty simple. Number one, when I, once I get up and I don't get up crazy early, I like to stay up later. So I don't like get up crazy early. So, um, so once I get up, I basically, my, my biggest thing for my morning routine is I read so I'm always in a, let's say like a leadership book or a personal development, something of those, those sorts. So, because actually let me take a step back before I get into my specifics. My framework around it is I want my morning routine that has something around discipline, something around filling my cup and something that affects my energy and my state. Because then I take that the rest of the day. Because um, how many times do we wake up reactive and anxious and in a bad state? And then we take that fuckery everywhere. It's almost like if you smell bad, And you go hang out with people and it's like, everyone knows you smell bad, right? Like it just haunts everywhere. (laughs) So this is why like, oh, I smell bad. Let me get a shower before I go hang out with my friends. It's the same thing because I naturally wake up with, I can wake up with anxiety. I wake up anxious um, and it's, it's, I just, I naturally want to get up and put fires out and like go build things. So what, what I do is those are my big things is I want to have my routine somewhere around having a level of discipline because now I have positive momentum starting my day, right? With some semblance of discipline. Number two is I want to basically do mental deposits because people like you and me and well, most people, if we think about it, are always um, withdrawing their energy, withdrawing everything. They're pouring into other people. They're helping doing things. I need to have a bunch of deposits. So that's, so that's part of it. And then I want it to affect my state, right? My energy as a whole, and then I can run with that. So, my, so that, that's like the framework around my morning setup, but specifics is I get up, uh, I read first and foremost is whatever book I'm in right now I'm in uh, winning by Tim Grover. So um, like I'm about finished with that one. And I have like a mini libraries and I'm always in a book. So um, I read one of my nonfiction's. So there we have a, a mental deposit in a level of discipline because there's a lot of mornings I do not want to read, but then I get trapped. I'm like, wow, I just fucking spent 30 minutes on social media I should probably at least, you know, like I have to at least be fair and put mental deposits in. Um, Number two is um, I do a level of inner work, usually around meditating or journaling. So whether I'm like working on certain specifics or like let's say I have anxiety and I need to journal about it or sit with it. So this way I'm in control because if my old pattern is wake up and like be reactive, we're going, no, you're going to calm the fuck down. We're going to chill out for a minute. It's like a dog that's never been taught to sit. If your brain is like, no, no, we are got to go. It's like, actually, we're going to go on my terms. So we're going to hang out for a little bit. And then the third thing is, um, I usually do something that moves my body. Um, if it's a training day, I'll hit my workout. And I hate morning workouts. Hate them. But I just know for me, if I don't do them in the morning, I'm not going to do them. And moving your body is a great way to change your state. But usually, if it's not a workout day, I will go on a walk or something. So, um, but that way, within about an hour, hour and a half, my, my whole everything is started um and super productive and then I have a lot of positive momentum for the rest of the day so
0: that sounds really nice that sounds really really nice and I totally resonate on that minus um the reading first thing in the morning but I'm similarly to you where I try to encourage myself and the people that I work with and friends and surrounding of like start your day with you do something that feels good for you before you jump into the reactive mode of fucking kids screaming emails scrolling through social media and dealing with all that like you can get to that but can we start by filling your cup for you in order for you to be able to be and do all the other things during the day right and there's no right or wrong i tell people all the time like meditation is not for everyone i get it so we're not going to shove meditation down your fucking throat if oh I'm i do not for you <laughs> and, and then and then there's you and you're like oh it is for everyone let's just shove it down everyone's yep. throat right but Maybe it's journaling, maybe it's going to do CrossFit. Maybe it's going for a run. Maybe it's fucking reading your book for 20 minutes. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: I really think it's about like, are you intentionally living? Are you intentional about your morning routine? Oftentimes you ask people like, what's their morning routine? And they're like, what do you mean? Like my self-care, like brush my teeth, wash my face. Yeah. But like more than that, like, what do you do in the morning? Do you have sure. a routine? And people are just caught off guard as to yep. mm, I uh, uh, like awkward. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, most people are, I mean, it's a conditioning thing, right? It's like, it's just like carbs are make you fat or, you know, you should suppress your emotions or you should not be selfish or it's just societal conditioning where like, we're, I mean, like, like the fact that most people probably listening to this, like they wake up at the last possible second where they can get up, brush their teeth in their in there. Yeah. It's or, it's or, and then they're in their car within 15 minutes. They're literally in their car on their way to work within 15 minutes of waking up. And it's like, that's just, but that's what most people are programmed. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, and that's why, if, but if we don't change that, it's it, nothing's going to, in our lives that are going to change.
0: And I, I totally agree. And there is this Need for speed and get shit done and run through to do lists. So I get why people wake up, they get a coffee the last second, they hit snooze, they get in their car and they're going. But it's like, how is that setting up for success for the type of day you want to have? No wonder Mm -hmm. eleven o'clock and you're like, fuck my life. I hate my job. I hate everything. Well, you've done nothing that you enjoyed, and it's only eleven o'clock in the morning. If you do Mm -hmm. that all day long, you're obviously going to be hitting a brick fucking wall all day long. You know what I mean? Yep. but
1: then, but then the issue is whenever people go, okay, I'm going to change my shit. Then the old program sets in and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And that's when the snooze hits the, oh, I'm, I don't feel like working out. I'm going to not, or, oh, I want to go check emails. I want to keep busy, but instead I'm going to meditate and journal and sit, It's all the stuff we need to do is a 180, what we're currently doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, and that's why no one does it. And then that, that's, that's, that's ultimately it is, is there's that resistance But that resistance is there for a reason. It's like getting over the fear of heights, but not expecting to be scared. It's like, that doesn't work. You have to cross that bridge.
0: It comes with it. And I think it's also a matter of what you were saying earlier, which is you also don't need to do all the fucking things. You don't Mm -hmm. need to be like macro counting, keto, intermittent fasting. You don't need to be doing all the things to get success. Like can we start by doing one thing? If you just wake up and have no morning routine and you're stressed and anxious and just go, go, go running to your to-do list, can we start injecting one fucking daily habit versus mm-hmm. taking 20 of them and trying to make it work for you?
1: Sure. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Um, but it goes back to that underlying issue of everyone's in a hurry. Right. But like, yeah. even in the world of weight loss, I, I, one of my favorite questions to ask is how many years have you been trying to do this as fast as possible? <sighs> I've actually, to be honest with you, I have a lady right now who is, uh, who applied for coaching yesterday and she's like, she's just, she just texted me and she's really hesitant signing up because my program is a six month long mentorship. But on our conversation yesterday, she literally said she's been struggling for five years. So half a decade, she has been suffering and binge eating and just all sorts of struggle. And that's what I'm known to fix is things like binge eating, emotional eating, and get you on the other side. Well, in her, she's like, well, what if I can't do it in six months? What if it doesn't happen in six months? I'm like, girl, your alternative is another half a decade. Like. But it's her, all her issues right now are going back to, she's in a fucking hurry. Whereas that's, that's the one common denominator. People are upset about how slow they'll lose weight. But then I ask how many years have you been trying to do this as fast as possible? You know,
0: I get that all the fucking time. It's like, I get, you want the results and I get, we want results fast and we want to Mm -hmm. start seeing the results. So they go off motivation versus going off like the habits and learning something and making the change but i tell mm-hmm. them all the time you've been doing what you've been doing for five years and it's led you here sure if you keep doing that you're gonna you know where you fucking end up right yep. why not try something new you know the definition mm-hmm. of insanity is doing the same thing fucking over and over again if you mm-hmm. are following that path why not yeah. try something new what's the worst case that's going to happen yep right
1: yeah, I mean, when you're like the whole thing of when you're at rock bottom, like you can't go anywhere but up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my thing is like you, when people are really hesitant, because I get it, change is scary, but like logically speaking, your reality sucks already. Right. When people are like, and like the, the girl that's applying for coaching right now with me, um, that I was talking about, like in her case, her current, she's, she's really concerned about doing this the right way and all this stuff but she's really hesitant to, right? Well, but it's like you're current, you've are you been binging for five years. You've been literally sabotaging the same five pounds you lose for the past half a fucking decade. What do you have to lose, right? This is why like uh, I'll be working with, one of the things I also do is I, uh, a lot of online coaches who are trying to build their business. Like I do some mentoring among that as well. And I have some like coaches that'll be like, well, I'm broke right now. My business is off the ground. My business can't be worse. So this can only go up. And it's like, there's some logic. Let's run with this. You know, it's the same thing with this.
0: I love that. Yeah. I, I really totally, totally agree. And we, we have similar, um, similar stories, like mm-hmm. you share these and I'm like, man, I can think of a bunch of clients where oh, are yeah. the similar thing, right? We're, yep. we're all very different, but we're all not so unique at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're all struggling the, with the same, similar situation. Yep.
1: No, I, I totally agree with that
0: um okay so morning routine you get your mind in the right place mm-hmm. then you move your body intentionally whether mm-hmm. that's like going for a walk if it's rest day throwing weights around if it's training day mm-hmm. um and then you go save the fucking world by doing what you do
1: yeah then i then i i, I do i then i go to work whatever whatever that is um like it's like, from like just from a productivity standpoint, I, I use a principle called the powerless. So then I go, my save the world is like, okay, what are my critical tasks for the day? Whether that be create these pieces of content, go have this meeting, go make these phone calls, go do the, go handle this, whatever. And then the world's saved. Then like, we just do that every fucking day. So
0: <laughs> I love that. A question that I get often, which I kind of want to ask you from, from people that have been getting it a lot lately, which is like, how do you always have it together? And how is your energy and mojo always so fucking on point and you just like go through, you need to go through thriving with so much energy, always with this like optimistic growth sure. mindset. Like, how do you answer that?
1: So uh, I have two answers. Number one, uh, it's not that way all the time. Yeah, People exactly. go, oh my gosh, how are you like so fired up all the time? I'm not. I'm like, Like like your boy had a breakdown the other day or whatever it was. It's like, number one, social media, it's it's a double-edged sword. Uh, Social media is anyone that someone looks at like that. Social media is a highlight reel because there are times like, number one, I try to be as honest and authentic and true as possible, but I also don't want to bring the world down when I'm having a bad day. I'm not going to be like, today fucking sucks. Every now and then I'll throw something like that in. But otherwise it's like, because I don't want to just bring everyone else down and just be a little bitch. But it's one of those things where we're all human, right? No one's energy is... All the time, no one's energy is—they're not thriving every second of the day. We all struggle. We all have insecurities. All this stuff. Um, So that's the one side to it. It's just we're all fucking human. The other side is—I will say this though. So in my case, when people ask me that, is how are you happy all the time? How is your energy so high all the time? How's all this stuff? I go number one. It's not. There's a lot of times it's not, and you know I'm just not gonna bitch about it on social media and leave my you know dirty laundry to hang all the time. So it's not. But the majority of the time it is. And how it's like that is I built that most people forget things like resiliency, mental toughness, discipline, confidence, happiness, clarity, peace. You, no, one's born with those things. You build them. You, you have to. So then people go, well, how do I become confident? How do I get happy? How do I have a great mental health? How do I be, have grit? How do I have will and resilience? And I go, you have to build it. But at the drop of a hat, you like give up and throw an adult hissy fit and say, Oh, I didn't want it anyway. I'm an all or nothing person. I don't feel like it today. Well, that shit tears those buildings down. This is why if someone wants those grit, happiness, peace, joy, fulfillment, um, clarity, whatever these, these mental traits that we want, you build them. No one is born with confidence. We have to generate confidence and build it one metaphorical brick at a time. We have to generate like like all the time, like people ask me, like how I'm so grateful all the time. I have gratitude literally on my radial bone. And part of it is is literally retraining my brain to be grateful because I was not always that way. Five years ago I was the 180 version of who I am right now. Literally I worried all the time. I was scared all the time. I was not confident at all. I had no no drive all this stuff. So how I 180 that is like morning routines habits keeping promises to myself um deciding the person i want to be then building that motherfucker and that's just how it goes it's not sexy or exciting at all like it's very disgusting and hard and sometimes you feel hopeless you're like i feel like this isn't working but that's like looking at your hair in the mirror and going oh i feel like you're not growing where it's like it is you just don't see it
0: (laughs) i like the hair growing analogy yeah
1: yeah you can stare in the mirror all day. And that's, well, that's why fat loss seems to take so long, right? As everyone looks in the mirror and they see everything they hate and you do it every fucking day, you're not going to see it, but you never see your hair grow out or your skin cells die either. So.
0: And it's like, what are you choosing um, to focus on? Right. Mm-hmm. And, The analogy I give to people when it comes to like, how do you have such like mental toughness and grit and resilience and gratitude, all that's injected in you, you're right. No one's fucking born with it. You know what I mean? Like we did not just wake up one morning and we're like, everything's fucking hunky dory. Like it's bullshit. We're not through
1: resistance too. That's the hard part. People go, how do you become mentally tough? Like, actually I had a guy one time working with me because he's like, I need to become mentally tough. I go dope. This is going to suck. You don't build toughness from effort or effortlessness, easy and, and no. convenience. No. So, and all of a sudden I would, he, we, he would do check-ins and he didn't do any of his workouts and he didn't follow his nutrition guidelines. And he's like, I just didn't feel like it. I'm like, bro, how do you expect to build mental toughness and discipline? If like the one thing that like it's, it's literally to build those, it's, it's a matter of when you don't want to do things, right? It's why it takes zero discipline to smash a whole pizza, smashing a whole pizza is so much fucking fun. And like, it's, <laughs> It, it takes no, it takes no discipline. What yeah. does take discipline only is prevalent, only has to be there when it's not convenient in the, and you don't want to do it. No one wants to make their bed. Nobody wants to work out. No one wants to like watch their nutrition. No one wants to get up early and not hit their snooze button. Like that's, but that's the need for discipline. It's, it's, it's like the old saying, like, don't be careful asking God for patience. Cause he won't give it to you. He'll just give you a situation where you have to have it. It's the same exact thing.
0: And that said, I think it's like getting people to then think about what their why is, right? Because if Mm -hmm. you don't have a bigger purpose of why you want to create grit, resilience, mental toughness, practice of gratitude or whatever, weight loss, whatever you're trying to do, like why are you trying to do it? Are you just trying to lose weight because you want to look a certain way or is there a deeper understanding Mm -hmm. of that? Are you trying to create resilience and mental toughness just because you think you need to, like, what is that blueprint that you're creating? Like, you're literally taking a huge sheet of paper, drawing out the plans Mm -hmm. of what you're trying to get to, like building a fucking house. Like the house just doesn't happen. The bricks don't just lay themselves. The walls don't just fucking get painted and decorated overnight, right? It takes so much fucking work to get to where you're at. And like you said, you were a 360 version of yourself. I was a 360 version of myself at one point as well. We didn't just Boom. Like, we Mm -hmm. listened to podcasts. We read a ridiculous amount of books. We had great conversations. We hired coaches. You have to put in the unfucking, like you said, sexy work in order to get to where you're getting to, right? There's no perfect, sexy diet. There's no perfect workout. There's no perfect plan that you're going to follow to create this like mental toughness or whatever goal you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. It's really fucking unsexy. And yeah, a lot of the times it's going to fucking suck and you ain't going to want to do it. But what's going to keep you doing it and keep you showing up is what is the, why are you doing this? And asking people like, what, what is your fucking why? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think people need to realize also like, like I agree with everything you just said. I think the concept of like what's your why is so overused. It's like a bad song and no one actually knows what it means. This is why when it comes to, I've like, I, I, like I've gotten away from like like saying like well what's your why because no one understands it I like to dig that deeper and go well okay what's the what's driving you what is the reason for all this and then usually their answer is super shallow and we got to get that about five to seven layers, layers down. my thing is this and this is my personal belief I think it's rooted in avoiding pain um, everything the one thing that makes all of us in common that everything that drives human behavior is either avoiding avoidance of pain or seeking pleasure. Um, but I believe personally that most of this shit is around, um, the pain side. So then the question is like, how much does it suck where you're at right now? Why does it suck? What, or are, is it, are we trying to avoid suck in the future? Right? Like so many people t- get into coaching and they're like, uh, let's say that we're like, all right, what are, what are we trying to do? I want to lose weight. Well, okay. What's well, why, 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 do we want to lose weight? What's the reason? Well, I just want to be confident in my skin. Like, okay. are Are you not right now? No. Okay, well, we'll well explain that a little bit more. Like, why do you care? Most people don't give a shit. Like, why do you care that you're to be confident in your skin? Well, every time I go out, I just, I'm always thinking about how I look. None of my clothes fit. Every time I look at my closet, I get triggered. None of my pants button. And then I can't have sex with the lights on because my bet, I just, I hate the way I look naked. So I always make my husband shut off the light and it it gets really painful, right? And it goes, okay, this went from like, I wanna lose weight to look better to, I literally can't stand to look at myself. I hide from every mirror. I won't be in, I won't look at myself naked with the lights on like the whole nine yards. And it's like, that's the driver, not, I want to lose weight because I'll be feel better. It's, it's no, your current reality sucks so fucking much that it hurts. And the knife is being twisted. Now we have fuel right now. It's like, whenever you don't want to do shit, it's like, well, which hurts worse doing the workout or the shit over here we talked about last month. Or, well, what hurts worse, showing up for yourself anyway or doing the one thing that's going to keep you not wanting to turn the lights on? You know what I mean? And it, it always goes, I, in my in my opinion, which hurts worse? Because uh, I also have seen, I think that there's a correlation between the people who like, I'll see this with coaching a lot. People apply for coaching and they're like, they're like, no, I feel pretty good. I look pretty good. I just want to get a little bit better. And I'll ask them, I go, so you're not very upset with where you're at right now. They're like, no, not really. I just want to be a little bit better. And ironically, their situation isn't bad enough where then they then those are the people who don't show up, the who don't put in the effort, who ultimately ultimately don't get started because their reality isn't painful enough. Yeah. It's like the reason we don't like if I said, take this pocket knife that I keep playing with in my hand, and I want you to make a little paper cut on your hand, and I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. Right? It's like it's a no-brainer. We would all go, oh, like this. Can I do another one? Like we would all like start paper cutting like crazy because it's worth it. It's worth the pain. But that's the issue because people will look at where they're at now and then where they want to be. And they go, and the question is like, which hurts worse? And for most people, the pain of staying the same is not greater than the pain of change. And then they wonder why they don't get their act together. If you have trouble getting your actions in place, we have to have an honest conversation with ourselves going, which hurts worse? Because I'll see someone 180 their whole life as soon as they like get, let's say, get pregnant right? Someone drinks every day, they smoke every day, they can't get their, their habits together, then they get, find out they're pregnant and they quit like that. Yeah. It's because they're like, I'm not going to fuck up my baby because that concept of that hurts worse than quitting smoking and drinking. But up until they, they had the baby test come back, they struggled. What changed? The pain. The reason that underneath all of this, and that's the honest question we have to ask ourselves when we're struggling with habits.
0: And do you think that ties into why people have a hard time getting out of, quote unquote, this like comfort zone, and they stay with the pain that they're in instead of fearing that the outside of the comfort zone, the pain is worse? Do you think people- I, th-
1: I think so. Uh, I think it's all intertwined because, I mean, psychology teaches us that the mind craves what's familiar, right? Even if that's suffering. It's, I mean, we see this everywhere. But like, at the end of the day, the mind craves what's most familiar. So we have to, number one, make a new familiar. Wow, meditation sounds really cool right now because guess what? Meditation- <laughs> meditation means to become familiar with yeah ironically but anyway so naturally biologically and chemically in our brains we crave what's most familiar right that's why we have a hard time breaking cycles and patterns but then we mix that with the whole pain of staying the same versus pain of changing right but this is why so much of this is bringing awareness to the surface most people don't know aren't even aware of how much it sucks Right? Uh, one of the things that whenever, whenever I interview someone who's wanting to coach with us, one the biggest thing I find is like, all right, how bad does this hurt? Like, I literally go to like, all right, where's this pain point at? Where is it? Because for most people, their current reality doesn't suck enough. But then I've had some people who I pick this thing apart and open this onion back. And they're like, I never thought about it that way. I had no idea that was doing that, where there's an awareness issue. So this is where... I mean, naturally, if our mind craves what's familiar, let's say the familiar past, that sucks, but at least you know you're not gonna die. That's the way your brain views it. But then like, it still sucks. So you're gonna find, naturally, your brain's gonna find ways to like not feel how much it sucks. So part of this is going, okay, what is this costing me in my life? And most people will say, well, it's costing me my mental health, my physical health. I'm gonna die early. I'm not gonna see my grandbabies. My sex life is non-existent. I can't stand the way I look. I can't stand the way I feel. Feel I can't stand, stand sitting in silence alone, da, 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 da. and like we peel that thing back and go, okay, how much is this costing you in your life? Yeah. then people go, I never thought about it like this before. Perspective, wow.
0: per mm-hmm. fucking perspective. I, I think like everything you just shared on point, and I think it's one awareness, two are you able to audit your own life and see the perspective? You know, we're outsiders. So when we hear the stories of the clients share it, we see it from a top level view, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're so in your own fucking head and so in your own life, you're like fucking turning in circles yep. like in a hamster wheel and you only see the surroundings you fucking see. But if an outsider comes like yourself or myself, we bring a different not even a point of view, but just a different perspective. Have you ever considered this? Do you recognize this and asking these quote unquote powerful questions and getting them to think outside of this fucking glass box?
1: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's why you don't see your hair grow. It's why the whole story of you can boil a frog alive. If you started at cold water and just slowly turn it up because when, I mean, that's just how it goes. We don't know notice how much things are going south. I mean, I know a lady, or my wife was telling me about a lady who, or a friend of hers, who basically every year takes a picture of the front of their house because they don't realize how shitty the outside of their house gets with like weather and grass and weeds because you walk out your front door every day. So she'll always take a picture and she'll compare like annual pictures. Like, wow, when did the siding get that bad? I had no idea. Why is my front porch so ugly? It's, It's the same thing as all these little tiny chips we don't notice.
0: I like that. I like that. She does that. That's so interesting. And notice mm-hmm. like what's changing from the outside of her house, but you can use that same perspective with your actual life as take a snapshot right now, Yeah. A snapshot six months from now. And how have you changed? I do an exercise with clients like who stay for an entire year at the end of the year. I'm like, can you do a recap of what you got out of each month? Mm-hmm. What were you most grateful and what came out of January, February, March? And they're like, fuck. Like nothing's changed, but so much has changed. I thought I didn't learn anything, but I actually grew so much in so many ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, if you don't take the time to stop and look and appreciate how far you've come, yeah, your hair hasn't fucking grown. Your skin cells haven't fucking shedded, but like, have they? Haven't Mm -hmm. they? You know what I mean?
1: Well, it's it's also why a lot of times, like in the coaching space, clients won't see their own progress. I have one of my, I I had one of my girls the other day where she's like, we've only been going for like not even a month and all of a sudden i'm like oh hey did you realize you have like two inches off your waist already and she's like i i actually didn't like like that's fucking crazy or or you, you know what i mean because that's just so how it just is how it is
0: similar, similar situation this past week and they were so hyper focused after like five weeks of looking at the number on the fucking scale that hasn't oh. changed and i was like hold on hold on can you look at the measurements like yeah. tracker, because like the scale could go fuck itself. But have you seen like that? It's only been five weeks, and and the measurements are changing. So like yeah. it's like oh yeah. So same as you. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I was so hyper focused on the goddamn scale, and I was so beating myself up for it. But like, well,
1: too often, especially in the coaching and transformation world, um, we have we have this thing uh, in our brains called the reticular activating system. Yeah. it's What keeps us sane and and it shows us more of what we focus on. Well. Especially in the client space, most clients and most people struggling with their weight loss are only focusing on the things that don't serve them. They're focusing on what they still have to lose. They're focusing on how much they hate themselves, that what they hate all the stuff. But they don't notice their brain literally shields them from everything else. It's like watching your kid's soccer game. You don't notice little Billy over here picking his nose. You see your baby, right? You don't even notice little Billy broke his arm, right? You're like, what's going on with my kid? And it's the same thing. There's actually a. It's an older YouTube video. If you go, if someone goes to YouTube and types in. Um, what they call it, the invisible gorilla video. If you just type in the invisible gorilla, it will pop up and it's an older video. What you see is these like basketball players um, in like a hallway. It's not even like a basketball court. They're passing a ball together. They're like running in circles and they're just passing the ball. And they says, count how many times the ball's been passed. Um, and if people are listening to this, pause right now. I'm going to spoil the whole thing and go watch the video. But, and then come back because, and then you're like, okay, 17. then the video says, okay, cool. Did you see the gorilla? And they go, and what? then you, you watch it and you're like, wait, what? And you go replay it. You are so focused on watching the ball pass. And you're like, I got to count how many times it passes. A dude in a gorilla costume comes out, waving, shaking his ass in the middle of the fucking screen. Like sh- literally it's a dude in a gorilla costume jumping up and down, waving his arms, shaking his ass. And, and no one the sees screen. that? And you, you don't see it. You don't see it because you are so hyper fixated on the basketball. How many times did it get passed? You you were oblivious. This is the same thing when so many people go through this process, every day they wake up and go, I'm not changed. I'm not any different. I hate the way I look. I hate the way I feel. This isn't good. This isn't good. We are flooded with lack. We will not see the abundance. We will not see the results. We will not see what is serving us that we're going for because we are hyper fixated on the negative basketball.
0: Well, and the beauty about that is that you get to choose what you get to fucking focus on, right? Mm -hmm. That
1: takes ownership though. That's a whole nother
0: conversation. That's a whole other fucking podcast of like ownership, but you are in possibility and you have the choice to focus on what you want to focus on. Like, did you have a bad day or did you have a bad fucking one hour meeting that you defined your whole fucking day being bad? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the analogy that you gave of that video, which I totally need to go check out by the way. It's uh, old
1: as fuck, but it's, it's gold.
0: And like, are we so focused on counting how many times a ball gets passed that we don't even fucking see a girl on a screen? And mm-hmm. you share that. And I think of so many situations of clients who share certain things where they're so hyper-focused on achieving one thing or narrowing in one thing that they forget all the other great things that are happening. And they are like, Oh no, there's no wins. They're, there's just all bad, bad, bad. Or there's, they're just yeah. focused in a certain area. Oh. Right.
1: It's, it's like an analogy I like to use is um, we've all like been to carnivals or events and seen like, a, you know, like the money blower machine where like you get in yeah, a plexiglass yes, box yes. and there's like a 10 grand it. in there. Yeah. And then they go, all right, you have 30 seconds, go. And let's say someone collects like $1,000 and they get out. Most people like in that context, they don't see the free $1,000 they got. They see the 9000 they did not get. Right. And that's really sad because it's like they're not even grateful for the free grand they got. They just see the nine thousand they didn't get. It's the same thing with this. Most people going through this weight loss game and they're struggling. All they see is what they don't have. Right. They don't see the fact that they haven't binged in a month. They haven't seen they don't see the fact that they're down a quarter of an inch off their stomach. They don't see the fact that, you know, they're feeling better. Their adherence is getting better. Their feet, their skin's getting better. Their movement is better. All they see is I still have 50 pounds to lose. They'll lose 20 pounds. I still have another 30 pounds to lose. And it's like, that mentality is There's always going to be
0: that. You know what I mean? Only
1: see, they only see the lack, absolutely. But and
0: there's always going to be a lack. Like, no matter if it's you, me, or fucking I don't know who, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a lack. If you well, keep chasing the lack.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I always say, like, if, if you if you will reject, uh, if you'll reject, like, a little bit of progress, you'll reject all of it. Because, yeah. like, let's say someone has the goal of losing 50 pounds. They don't lose 50 pounds. They lose one pound 50 times. So if they're like, oh, I've only, how many times does someone go, well, I've only lost like two pounds. I should have lost 10 by now. Well, they literally just denied and rejected the progress that they have to have to get to the big goal. So if you'll deny and reject two pounds, you'll, you won't even make it to the 50 because you're going to reject it, deny it, then sabotage. And that's just how it goes versus like, fuck, I'm one pound down. Holy shit. I've already down another pound. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I, I haven't binged now. Like there's a massive
0: difference. I could not agree more. I want to end by talking a little bit of gratitude. I know you have it tattooed on your arm. I am a huge, huge, huge advocate um, for for expressing gratitude. Would love to hear your take on it. Um, How do you inject it in your day, in your life? Um, We,
1: We get what we look for, right? Like we get exactly what we look for. Like so if 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 all of a sudden here's the cool thing we have all these emotions inside of us we're like let's say fear let's say fear worry doubt all the negative yeah or we have like happiness joy ecstasy peace gratitude clarity abundance all of these things but the issue is we have like this metaphorical gatekeeper where we feel like we're not allowed to experience certain emotions unless certain things happen but there is no gatekeeper there is no locked door you can literally choose to experience certain emotions. Like if I told someone listening to this, I said, close your eyes and I want you to like, imagine I gave you a million dollars. How would that feel? How would you walk? How do you think? How, uh, you know, w- how secure do you feel? Like the person literally in their head went through all of that. And I go now wake up cause it was a fucking dream and you're bankrupt. And all of a sudden all those feelings got stripped from them. You, but they controlled it. Like it was just for me telling a story. So, but we get what we look for. So it just goes back to that RAS thing, like the reticular activating system. If you, uh, I, just, I just bought a new car. I just bought, well, so I was driving a black Chevy Cruze, a little mom car, right? A black Chevy Cruze. I saw those fuckers everywhere. Um, and I did not see hardly any of the car that I just bought. So now uh, I bought one of the cars I've been wanting for a while. I just bought a Camaro, a white Camaro. And all of a sudden, Every motherfucker has a Camaro. Of course, because you no, have one, so you well, see that. That's what I'm, and I'm okay with it, but like, holy shit. I had no, all I see is Camaros and Challengers everywhere I go now <laughs> because they look the same. Every fucking where I go, all I see it. But the difference is now because like, I'm looking for it because it's important to me. So if you're obsessed with, let's say, let's use the emotion of gratitude. All of a sudden, your brain is going to go to work finding reasons to validate that. This is why we all have what's called our emotional home. Right. Where basically, no matter what results are in front of you, you're going to find a way home, like little Lassie finds his way home. It's the same thing. If you are if your emotional home is fear, it doesn't matter what happens to you. You're going to go find things to validate fear. But so the thing is, when it comes to this, whether you want to set an alarm on your phone, whether you want to do it in your journal time, whether you want to fucking do it, I did and get it tattooed on your skin. So you see it a thousand times a day. Now your brain's going to go, oh, let's validate it. So now I could be stuck in traffic and I'm an impatient bastard, and, but I could be like, wow, I'm just grateful I'm even in my car right now with the AC on, right? Or I could be laying in bed with my wife and be like, wow, and it hits me. I'm like, wow, someone's under a bridge right now sleeping and I'm in like a, a house. You know, whatever, whatever it is, it could be the smallest thing where what, what our actions and folk, or I'm sorry, our focus feeds, feeds more of what we experience. So with the gratitude, uh, it's, it's just, impo- it's just important because otherwise, if you're, if you're not grateful for where things are at right now, it's really hard to expect to get more because you'll, again, you'll reject what you get then. You know what I mean? And yeah, so.
0: And you'll never, ever be fucking grateful. You know, I tell mm-hmm. people start being grateful with the small things. And oftentimes people are like resistant because they're like, yeah, well, if I'm just grateful for my morning coffee, like it's so such a small thing to be grateful for. I'm like, yeah. And start with the small things. Don't be grateful yeah. that like you accomplished a huge goal or don't be grateful for the bigger things. Start your gratitude practice with like, bro.
1: you know, it's one of my, the top, So uh, in my journaling every, every day, I do a gratitude journal as well. The first thing at the top of every one of my, my lists, my list is the fact that I got another day. Like most people aren't even happy that like they woke up. I saw a thing. I shared it on my Instagram the other day. There's a, a business guy's name's Bradley. He, he shared this. He was doing like a talk and he has basically said, he's a big millionaire, like big, super successful business guy. And he's in this room talking he says, who would be, who would like it if I gave them him? The, he's like, or, you know, he said, who would like it if I gave them a million dollars right now? Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, free everyone's freaking out. He's like, how would you feel if I just whipped down a million bucks and gave it to you? And everyone's yelling, excited. He goes, but the stipulation is you can't wake up tomorrow. He goes, and everyone's like, well, fuck that. I wouldn't want it. And he goes, okay, cool. So you just in your head made the decision waking up is more important than a million dollars. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, yeah. He goes, so why didn't you get, why weren't you that excited when you woke up this morning? And it's like, it's that concept of, of of that because if you can't be grateful in such the small things like the fact that your eyes open this morning uh or the fact that you have a sense of balance that like 80 year olds would die to have the fact that like you're literally if someone's listening to this it means they are probably doing okay financially they're probably not there i bet they're they have food in their fridge i bet their water's still turned on like and but if we can't be grateful for that stuff it's no wonder we get more and we're still sad you know
0: and I strongly believe that when you start being grateful for the simple fact of just being able to wake up in the fucking morning, then you're also able to start noticing small things. Like you said, when you're sitting in traffic oh, you, you want to tell everyone to fuck off, you're like, actually, I'm just grateful that I'm sitting in a fucking car and that I'm healthy and that I'm fine. Yeah. And you, know what? Like,
1: you can receive on a higher level because we attract uh-huh. what we are. So if you're grateful and you're like, oh, I received all these things. That's why we're grateful. Now you're in a place to receive more. But if you're in a constant state of it's never enough, it's never good enough. Like you're going to miss out on every fucking opportunity.
0: And you're just fucking yourself over. And that's what I wish I can just like put on a fucking billboard. Like, I just wish I can inject into people's like mind, this concept of like, you're just doing yourself a huge disservice, right? Like it benefits no one, but it especially doesn't benefit you to have that type of like mindset and viewing that fucking angle. You know, it just doesn't like Stop doing it. You've been doing it. This is how far it's gotten. Just Mm -hmm. again, try something fucking new and see how it goes. And I'm pretty fucking sure it's going to go well, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you 100%.
0: I am so fucking grateful to have had you on this first episode you have no idea I've been so giddy and excited <laughs> and talking about it with everyone I was like just fucking wait just wait awesome. on. so thank you so so much for um, taking the time I know time and energy are two things you never get back so I really appreciate um you being on here I'm super super thankful
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. This is, this is, this is fun. So yeah,
0: it's, it's been really fun and uh, we'll stay in touch and um, yeah. Until next time.
1: Awesome. I love it.
0: Cool. And there you have it. Episode one in the book. I want to thank you. Yes. You, the person who's listening to me right now, I want to thank you for showing up in your life in an intentional way by choosing to take an hour out of your day to intentionally listen to something that may spark a conversation, empower you to make a healthier decision, perhaps even allow you to just reflect from a different point of view. I hope that the conversations that we have on my podcast over the next several weeks inspires you in any way, shape or form to live your healthiest life. And before I go. I just want to remind you that you are exactly where you need to be, doing exactly what you need to be doing, and that you should never, but I mean never, question your self-fucking worth. I love you. Talk soon. This is your host, Coach T.